Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Yours Mentally. On today's episode, we talk about divorce and its implications on one's mental health. I would like you to listen to this episode at full length because there was so much to learn and take back from it. This episode is in conversation with Ruhi Satija, who is a consultant psychiatrist and a counseling therapist. So, without further ado, let's get right into the episode. So, on today's episode, where we talk about the implications of divorce on one's mental health, Ruhi, what are the stages of grief that one goes through when they're having a divorce? Hi. So, when we talk about divorce, the stages of it, and you know, the coping mechanisms of it, we talk a lot in alignment with, in a sense of loss. Right. So yeah. although in divorce, you are losing the person as a relationship, definitely the person is not dead or anything. The loss is not of that sort. But definitely, in some ways, it is a loss of sense of self as well. Because when you are in a relationship for long term, whether it's a divorce or even a breakup, there is intermingling of personalities, right? You yeah. somewhere you incorporate something of the other person and you see yourself as in the relationship and your world kind of renounce, uh, you know, revolves around that. So whenever we are talking about the stages of coping up, we sim- in similar terms of grief, we talk about all those stages, you know, then when we have initially the denial where we just can't accept that this is getting over. Sometimes we are angry about it. Sometimes, you know, the third stage is bargaining where we try to negotiate sometimes. We try to make it work in one form or the other. And then we have the depression where we have that sense of, you know, understanding that this is not going to work and this is just going forward and there is no, you know, turning back from this and the relationship is not going to survive. So that's when the sadness comes up and, you know, in some form also the feeling of sense of loss and feeling that who am I after this or what is our life going to look like after this? These sorts of feelings we see in this stage. And the last is, of course, acceptance. And having said that, it's not necessary that everybody will go through all these stages one by one. Also, the duration and you know, intensity of each stage is very different in each person, depending on whatever the scenario was in which the divorce was taken and what kind of relationship the two people hold pre and post divorce. So many factors meddle in in these stages, unlike, you know, when we talk about these stages in grief or death, which is more or less a sense of a permanent loss. Here we see a lot of variation, especially with the changing generation. Divorce is not necessarily just a bad thing or just a traumatic event for many. Uh, unfortunately, not for all. So things are changing, at least in our society, we can see that. <laughs> right. So Ruhi, I heard about a term called divorce diet. Can you tell me how divorce causes disordered eating? Right. So whenever we have some emotional drainage going on, okay, mm-hmm. we it's a very common concept. I think everybody is familiar that our gut brain axis is there and whatever we feel, we eat and then we make us feel better. So the divorce diet essentially talks about that you are emotionally, you know, deprived of many things. You are not feeling good. You are feeling a lot of emotions that are not desirable. So then food makes up for it. So basically, when we have something that we like, it essentially creates a sense of fulfillment. It gives us endorphins. It makes us feel good in that moment. And also, we know that serotonin, which is one of the very common neurotransmitters associated with depression and anxiety, that is produced in the gut 
as well so when you eat things like that it definitely has an impact on the brain and it gives us some sense of happiness and you know peace in that moment so the reverse diet essentially means that you know we lean on towards unhealthy fats and carbohydrates and then unhealthy food stuff which definitely makes us feel better in that moment but of course the long term impact is not desirable right okay so rohi can you tell me what kind of mental health illnesses does divorce lead to I would like you to explain on the parents as well as on the children. Right. Okay. Wonderful question. I'm glad that you asked me this question because it is very important to understand that whenever we talk about divorce in practicality of life, mental health is not something that comes up. Right. Yeah. We talk about all sorts of things. We talk about the financial securities. We talk about the social pressures. We talk about the dynamics in the family, how the future is going to look like, etc. and etc. But mental health is not something that we have as an important consideration. Whereas the lifelong research that has been going on, there are a lot of theories going on. We have actually evidence-based uh, systems stating that somebody who has been under divorce, both males and females. Let me talk about adults first. There is a increased chance or probability of having mood disorders like depression or anxiety or even you know increased consumption of alcohol and different substances in people who have been under this faculty of divorces mm-hmm. especially the males lean towards more of substance abuse more towards alcohol drinking and all these measures whereas females tend to be more anxious and depression having said that it is very subjective not necessarily fixed that a female won't lean towards the other side or vice versa so when we are talking about result all this stress and anxiety and burnout not just the fact that you are getting divorced even the process of getting divorced even you know finalizing all these de- uh, details can be very traumatic going through all those memories going through all those conversations which are sometimes you know humiliating and hurtful has definitely you know severe impact on the brain and the hearts of the people so we see all these things happening in especially post divorce or even sometimes during uh, the trauma that it entails leads to severe depression and anxiety in many people at least if not clinical anxiety we definitely see bouts of anxious episodes and stress building up in these people and that is the thing that we see with adults whereas in children of course the coping mechanisms are very different so depression and anxiety definitely is possible even you know there are studies that have shown that divorce in childhood where you didn't have access to substance definitely increases your chance of consuming cannabis and smoking and alcohol later in stage stage compared to the other children who didn't have a divorce background or a broken family background mm-hmm. so your chances of leaning towards substance abuse increases if you are coming from a broken home Mm-hmm. apart from that when we talk about signs and symptoms in children it might not necessary that they will express it vocally the what they are going through but what mm-hmm. we see is a lot of apathy we see a lot of aloofment social isolation and that happens because they themselves somewhere you know sometimes have these feelings that they could have done something differently they can be associated guilt that they are the reasons that this is happening in fact in many cases unfortunately the parents do blame the children that you are the reason that this is happening which is very unfortunate to say the least 
then we see all these anger issues we see personality changes in children coming from an insecure background definitely impacts their growing up and the world view itself you know they start having their own trust issues and traumatic mind victim mentality is increased where they feel that they are undergoing trauma and you know this happened to them because they deserve it and somewhere they are less than other people so all these insecurities and inferiority complexes are something that we see in these kids but definitely everybody's reaction will be very different younger kids will have more of you know clingy behavior or temper tantrums or you know express they will express it verbally a lot whereas if we talk about teens they will more or less close down and you know not talk about it much or try to hide their feelings initially but definitely it boils up later and explodes so we see a lot of anger issues later sometime later also another thing that i had read up about this is a lot of children go to separation anxiety yes that's- that's something that's not yeah so that is a form of anxiety so see yeah, yeah. when you are letting go of one parent no matter how bad it is we need to understand that a known enemy is better than an unknown enemy right yeah. no matter how much dysfunctional family it was that is a normal that they have brought up in correct yeah. so for parents they can recognize that all right my life was better before i met this person and i need to get out of the relationship but essentially when we are talking about children they have been born and brought up in that environment they don't know any other normal even though they practically know that in other homes maybe the parents treat each other better their parents don't and there is all sorts of physical or emotional abuse going on but they don't know any other normal and losing a parent even if it is a bad parent is definitely going to have an impact no matter how much you say having said that with the studies that we see today because the awareness is increasing a lot you know like you said that you read about separation anxiety i am seeing some change in approach with the children as well at least the you know youngsters or the teenagers where they have access to all these resources they do read about it a lot and they are aware that you know it can be better or it can be taken in a better way rather than just feeling victimized or traumatized there can be you know healthier ways of coping for example i do see children i think more children than the adults they are coping really well and they understand that it is important that the relationship is over many times i see that children advising the parents that if you two are not happy together there is no point of being together and they should take the step and you know go ahead with separation because that is the kind of awareness that we are seeing also the western influence that we have because the indian mentality has always been about sustaining the relationship no matter how bad it is whereas the western influence does talk about ending the relationship much more frequently and much more easily if it's not working out for you so i think the new generation that we are seeing has that kind of mindset that if you're not happy it's just not worth it so they are i think much more accepting rather than the parents to say the least right and i also feel like in india a lot of times when the parents are getting a divorce So yeah. a lot of people will only talk about oh, what's going to happen to children. I never see anyone talk about what will happen to the parents, you know. Exactly. Like, what will they go through? They are only always worried about the children. Like I see it a lot like even my own, you know, relatives or the people around me. Whenever they hear about a divorce, they're like, oh, what's going to happen to the children? And sometimes yes. even my own friends, you know. Yeah. They're like, what's going to happen to children? They never think about what the aftermath of the, you know, parents will be who are getting a divorce. Definitely. So see that comes from the background that especially in the Indian scenario we get married to have children and a family right yeah. and it is an unsaid rule although you know it shouldn't be that once we are married our life has to be about our children and nothing else mm-hmm. correct so that's yeah. how society operates so unfortunately you know this is a scenario but fortunately that's a good thing in the way that at least you know sometimes the damage is not that bad if i have seen cases where the couples 
if the children were not involved would have definitely separated but because of the children they made it work right i'm not saying yeah. it all, it's always the best idea but you know every see every scenario will be very different having said yeah. that just staying for the children and you know i think it's not a very wise move bringing up children in a distorted family or a difficult family just because you don't want to get divorced or get that label of divorce i think it's a very unfortunate situation because i've seen many children suffering because of it i think yeah. two happy homes would be a better choice than one unhappy home but see yeah. everybody's way of seeing it will be will be very different so when we are talking about adults i do see couples where they happily get separated because they know that they are better off alone or they are better off without each other but then we see all sorts of people who have you know even get identity identity crisis after that because especially with the housewives it happens that they have given 10 20 years of their their life to this marriage they have not known anything else you know except taking care of the family in their life and suddenly if that if that gets ripped apart they don't know who they are anymore they have no idea who they are who they are supposed to be or who they are gonna be and that can be very very daunting for somebody right because they have no idea what their life is supposed to be if it is not about taking care of that family or for that matter being a part of that family so loneliness and you know the uncertainty that the future holds definitely takes an impact especially with the moment like i said you know work from home or these mm-hmm. sorry housewives that we are talking about whereas with males what happens is if it is them who has initiated it has been seen that they cope a bit better definitely mm-hmm. but still you know some sense of stability does go away if it was uh, if un- unless and until they go- they don't get a better deal after that they do have all these resentments and regrets so we can't pinpoint that this is a sure sure thing that is going to happen because every person and every family is going to be very very different but these are some of the things that we escape and like i said if it goes to an extreme we see an increase of depression and anxiety and substance abuse even in adults but we don't talk about them because this is how the society operates the kids are always a first priority so you know attention doesn't and anyways i don't think in case of divorce in case of anything i think the mental health is never a priority at least when we are talking about our country having said that most part of the world as well i don't think mental health is ever a priority when we are taking some practical decisions we yeah. take it based on you know the social security and financial security and all that things which really don't matter that's the unfortunate story but then that's what it is as of now at least right so ruhi you just spoke about identity crisis right so can you tell me why this divorce kind of lead to midlife crisis and does it also cause one to lose their identity definitely again having said that not in every case but in many cases it is seen that it does lead to some sort of identity crisis and midlife crisis for the reason that when a relationship or a marriage ends see you have invested so many years to it right if we all go back to our childhood i think in some places this was shown as the most important thing that it is vital that you need to find somebody get settled and have a family because that's how our society thinks that this is the ideal way of living right and then you have spent already 10 20 years in that relationship and suddenly when it's over all that prime time when you were able to have better options you know when you were able to make better choices that time is already gone you have already invested so much and then when this happens it is very difficult to understand that you know how to cope up with that how to move ahead 
then of course the uncertainty of future whether we find somebody else or not especially in that age spectrum and when i'm talking about our country india there are not a lot of options right even if we see a lot of bad marriages a lot of traumatizing marriages they are still sustaining because just of the fact that they don't want to move out of it so there are a lot of a lot of options after that so it does lead to identity crisis that who am i if i'm not somebody's wife or somebody's husband and the midlife crisis comes because you know all those dreams and aspirations that you have had you have already done that with your family members so what now you know what do you live for what is it that you are looking forward to the child bearing age in most cases is gone so definitely starting a family over is not you know always the option available then what do you do if you even go with another partner the concept of you know just being there for each other is not very prevalent however we are seeing uh, some changes in the movement in society but it is not very acceptable that you know you just live your life and have a good career and have fun that concept itself is very alien to our society that you are not doing anything except living your life i think nobody allows you that in a society which is very unfortunate but i think that is the case so that leads to a lot of confusion that who we are and who we are going to be after this Right so Ruhi can you talk about how divorce affects the genders associated in the relationships differently Right so like i said see it's a very subjective question but definitely the reactions are going to be different having said that not everybody is going to react similarly right so we see a lot of females having more of emotional expression after that you know you feel a lot of expressivity a lot of sadness and you know upset moment going on but that does not mean the males will not have that but if we have to talk about ratios definitely the external expression is going to be more in the females rather than the males may try to you know cover it up with all these substance use and all especially putting themselves in more of work so that you know yeah, they are distracted and good to go these are some of the approaches that we see but that's not necessarily always the case it can be vice versa it can be very different and also you know like right now we are seeing for example the number of cases that women are pushing for divorce is increasing in the last mm-hmm. decade at least especially in the covid times earlier it used to be more of the males pushing for that now the females are coming up and taking the decision that that is happening because you know they are now more economically stable they are educated they are having their good jobs so sometimes they don't need to be in bad relationships just for the sake of society so when they do that they are actually happy about it because they know that they have made the right decision for themselves and you know they are coming out of abusive relationships so it's a very subjective question so the emotional expression i would say would be more in females with a ratio but not necessarily always the case Right. Okay. So, Ruhi, can you talk about how a divorced couple could help their children to cope up with their separation? Right. Wonder- wonderful question. So, see, when we are talking about coping up with the separation, I think it's high time that we recognize that sometimes the relationship is not supposed to meet the inevitable end that the lifelong that you are going to spend with each other. Sometimes two right people also can be very wrong to each other. Right. It's not necessary that somebody has to be bad in the relationship for a relationship to not work. so sometimes two very good people can be very very you know unsuitable for each other and in that case if the divorce is going on i think they can you know start with some form of communication with the children it is very important that you are very very honest with the kids you make them understand that it is not them because of which is this happening and also maybe necessarily this is not a bad thing that is happening right we need to remove this stigma over this divorce that whenever it is happening it's a bad thing sometimes it's actually a healthy thing to do so that's important that you convey this to the child keep the communication open 
having said that make sure that you're not doing it alone so sometimes you know involving your family members your relatives or even mental health professionals is a very good idea because they have a way of explaining and giving the children some form of security that you know they are not alone or they are not responsible so these are very important aspects that the parents need to touch apart from that whatever arguments are going on try to not have them in front of the child right mm-hmm. sometimes you know we see the parents arguing in front of the children and see the children are not going to understand what they are arguing about always right they don't understand that all they see is that this is something happening in the house which is of course unhealthy and i'm a part of it right and often it happens that they start feeling and imbibing it that it is because of them and they are the reasons or otherwise at least you know they start feeling responsible that i need to grow up and i need to take care of my parent in that way which is also very sad because the children are supposed to be children they are not supposed to be the parents and the pattern sometimes we see is that you know the parents will put it on the child that you are the only one because of which i am doing this you are the one who has to take care of me or you are the one who has to take the responsibility etc which is very unfortunate you have to let children be children right don't expect them to take your place also one pattern that i see which is utterly you know annoying for me is when we use the children to manipulate the other parent or we use the children as you know a center point of fight between the parents i think that's the worst thing anybody can do to a child i see couples where if they don't talk to each other they ask you know they pass the message to the child that go and tell your father this and go and tell your mother this i think that's just horrible to put the person and the long term implications of that are you know really saddening the patients i actually have two patients you know very recently that have similar side of trauma where the parents have been manipulating them for years you know everybody wants the child to be on their side the mother will keep on complaining that the father is like that the father will keep on complaining the mother is like that and the kind of mental trauma that the child has been going through is really you know devastating to say the least they have no sense of who they are they have no sense of personality because they feel that the parents are expecting them to help and they are just not able to so that is very unfortunate to put the child in that situation i think that should be avoided if not do something good at least don't do the damage that is what i would say right so having an open communication about it the parents talking to each other and making sure and setting some ground rules that the arguments don't happen in front of the child and we do not involve the children in the process i think it is vital in making sure that the kids cope up with this because see it's your life you are ending a relationship you should be you know responsible for it do not make your child pay for it right so you know you just spoke about how parents can kind of help their children to cope with the divorce can you sort of speak and explain about how a parent can how the parents can co-parent their children wonderful question so see the co-parenting thing and it is now becoming even more you know feasible and prevalent because there is a lot of material being talked about and written about it so i think co-parenting is a concept that is beautiful and i think it is really a very good substitute to the conventional parenting if there is a divorce happening co-parenting means that the parents although they don't have a personal relationship anymore they do coexist they in some one form or the other they find out ways where they both are equally involved in the kids life right earlier you know even now we used to see that when divorce happens there is one sole parent that gets the custody of the kid and like i said you know there is manipulations and game going on that i won't let the father meet the child or the father will say i won't let the mother meet the child we need to understand we need to keep our egos aside make sure that you both the parents are equally involved in making the child grow up so what you can do is you know 
divide some time together create some system that this time they'll stay with you then they will stay with you even for festivals if possible try to be together if not make sure that you know the kids get to be with both the parent on each festival and they are not the ones who are choosing it because then you know all sorts of kids guilt happens that i'm staying with my father oh my god my mother is alone etc and etc so make sure that some form even though it is very difficult for you to be with your partner after divorce you have to do it for the sake of your child at least till the time that they are mature enough to understand that you need to separate ways and you need to have your own life so some form of system that would be you know better in the favor of child also what you can do is if you consistently can't you know keep on juggling maybe you know the parents are separated and they stay in different cities you can come up with family holidays you can go for a trip together where the kids get to be together with both the parents something like that something where both the parents are available with them frequently and also if not physically at least by communication so make sure that you're calling your child every day and asking them how they are going you don't need to go into deeper conversation but just checking on them that how they are doing and how they are feeling i think it sometimes does more good than anything else you know the money or the gifts that you give them might yeah. not be able to compensate as much as just that one call would in that day yeah, i completely agree with you i feel like we live in a world where we don't often get to ask questions like how are you doing yes. how do you actually are it's always it's always we're always on the go it's like yeah. okay how, how, what's happening in school what are your marks what this was that it's never yeah. how you're really doing you know feeling and definitely like you, and like you said i feel like this i see in more in indian we overcompensate our absence or our absence in someone's life by materializing things you know true by true. like you said by sending gifts or you know yes. giving them uh, probably ordering food for them and all of that stuff and it's like it's not only i don't see it only in marriages i even see it in relationships like in general you know True. a lot of teenagers like if they feel like they've had like a fight with their girlfriend then probably by oh boyfriend they probably more him or her gift yeah yeah and i think that's just, that's just unnecessary and a waste of money a simple thing even you know even if there is no divorce going on i think there should be an approach in the family that evening when the family gets together ask each other how you're feeling how was the day you know if they are going through something that they would like to talk about at least in my family thankfully my parents always did that and now i choose to do that whenever evening you know we meet each other we ask each other the how was the day or how you are feeling or if everything is okay just knowing that somebody is there to listen just knowing even you know it's not necessary that they would always like to share it with you but just the fact that the communication is open and they know that if and when they are ready they have somebody to talk to i think that gives a lot of stability in life in the long run so although it sounds like a very simple and a basic question it has very very huge impacts on mental health and also emotional health to say the least right so lastly ruhi i want to ask you what are some ways for a divorced spouse to start fresh and recover from whatever they've been through so see again like i said it depends on what mental health state you are in when you are getting divorced and when this happens but starting small is the best way to do so don't think of you know taking leaps and bounds just in that moment take small decisions every day to make yourself a priority yeah. what you can do is you know maybe your hobbies or maybe some passion that you always had try to pursue it make yourself a priority every day take out even if it is just half an hour a day to take care of yourself do that right give yourself some time to heal do not rush into anything also don't do it alone 
have some friends some relative or a mental health professional who is able to you know be there and guide you through the process therapy is a very beautiful uh, solution for that because sometimes you know although they are relatives and they do love us much more than the therapist ever would but definitely the opinions that they are going to give are very biased right mm. so a therapist would be solely focusing on you and your health whereas a relative is going to see every aspect of it you know what the family thinks what the society thinks so may, they might not be very ideal partners in the process but at least not everybody is going to go for therapy but having somebody who is at least a little less judgmental and you know non biased towards you having them by the side and having frequent calls or meeting with them is definitely a good way to go and then like i said you know the divorce diet that we talked about i would suggest that you make sure that you don't get indulged into something because then it's a downward spiral of negative habits mm-hmm. keep away from alcohol keep away from substance use as a compensation for those hollowed feelings if mm-hmm. you are feeling that you are going towards depression or anxiety make sure that you clinically get checked and take the help as soon as possible mm-hmm. apart from that having some sort of like we said you know we talked about identity crisis and midlife crisis having some sort of a plan it doesn't necessarily have to be a multimillionaire plan or you know some big project that you talk about but definitely maybe having a little job or a part time work that you do that gives you some sense of accomplishment in the day is a good way to go also if you don't want to go for a job volunteering is a very good option because definitely that helps in you know healing and seeing the people around and looking at the world with a different perspective and being able to help them is always a good feeling so volunteering is a very good option that you can choose in that form so something that goes by and something you know that that you look forward to when you wake up is you know you need to incorporate in your life take baby steps don't rush into something don't you know keep on and also just make sure that you are not overthinking and getting overwhelmed because many times what we see is all these patterns of overthinking where people complain that i just can't sleep because my mind doesn't just shut up and i'm not able to cope up with whatever is going on so make sure that you are doing something about that some form of yoga meditation relaxation exercises would be a very good idea like like i said making your mental health a priority is a very good idea in these stages those are quite a good episode i feel like a lot to learn for myself you know i feel like a lot of us when we hear about divorce we always jump to think about you know what how the kids would feel like the financial right. support we think about every damn aspect of things but we don't think about mental health like true, you said you know true. Uh, let alone this country even in the world people don't care about the mental health aspect of many things yeah that's true so Yeah, I feel like a lot to learn for me, and I'm pretty sure for everyone listening as well, you know. And uh, I hope that, that people start taking a more sensitive approach to divorce, you know, rather yeah. than just rushing to asking, "Oh, who are you going to stay with now?" and all these questions. Sure. It's often it's often asked, you know, teenagers they get asked Definitely. by older people, people their age, and all that. So, uh, thank you, Rui, for being with us. You're welcome for teaching me a few things. Yes, and always a pleasure. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode.